Welcome to 12 O'Clock High, a podcast on business leadership. In this special five-part series, we take a look at the book recently released by General Stanley McChrystal, Jeff Eggers, and Jason Mangone, entitled Leaders, Myths, and Reality. But first, a word from our sponsor. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? With the expansion of the Compliance Podcast Network, I am looking for a new podcast. If you've wondered how to get going on a podcast, a word from our sponsor, One Stone Creative. If you are enjoying this show, you might enjoy hosting your own. As an expert in your field, you have skills, knowledge, and insight that can help you expand your practice, meet new people, and create amazing content to share with the world. In as little as two hours a week, you can dramatically change how you promote, fill, and position your business, and One Stone Creative can show you how. Learn more at onestonecreative.net. In this special podcast series, Richard Lummis and I take a look at leadership styles from General McChrystal's book. They include the founders, Walt Disney and Coco Chanel, the geniuses, Albert Einstein and Leonard Bernstein, the heroes, Jean He and Harriet Tubman, the power brokers, Boss Tweed and Margaret Thatcher, and the reformers, Martin Luther and Martin Luther King Jr. In this part two, we take a look at the geniuses, Albert Einstein and Leonard Bernstein. 12 O'Clock High, a podcast on business leadership, is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, and welcome to another episode of 12 O'Clock High, a podcast about leadership. It's Richard Lummis. I'm here with Tom Fox for another discussion on how to improve our leadership skills. We believe leadership is a skill which can be improved with study of both good and bad practices, and we try to draw interesting examples from many sources, including history, fiction, film, and business writing. Welcome back, Tom. Thank you, Richard. Uh, today we're continuing our discussion of General Stanley McChrystal's book, Leaders, Myth, and Reality, um, comparing pairs of leaders of different styles. Today we're going to talk about geniuses, uh, which is kind of an interesting one for a number of reasons. And the two examples he uses are Albert Einstein and uh, Leonard Bernstein, the conductor and composer. Uh, welcome back, Tom. Thank you, Richard. Um, I thought this was interesting because... At the end, he actually discusses the fact that geniuses tend to make very poor leaders. Yeah, he did, uh, and I would like to, uh, to visit with you about that, but let me, let me go through some of the, the points that struck me. Um, and when I saw this chapter heading, although I was very interested to read about Einstein and Bernstein, um, I wondered how they would uh, uh, shake out as leaders, and I had thought, uh, as I think it's the penultimate chapter, excuse me, penultimate paragraph in this chapter, he pointed out that geniuses do not often make good leaders. But um, both, uh, particularly Einstein, uh, I was not aware of his collaboration and collaborative nature of his work in uh, the first two decades of uh, this year, uh, excuse me, this uh, past century. Um, when he wrote his, uh, his three papers, he was in a continued correspondence with uh, three or four trusted colleagues uh, about the issues that he was raising around his theory of relativity, his theory of uh, special relativity, and I forgot the name of the third paper. Um, and it was not a collaborative effort uh, that warranted all four men being uh, named on the paper. It was, uh, but it was Einstein working in conjunction with others in large part through correspondence, not uh, meeting face-to-face because they were in different towns. He and uh, 
largely in Switzerland, although in some of the, some of the time in his home country of Germany, but the other three in Germany as well. So there was uh, more to their genius than simply intelligence. Uh, there, just as there's more to leadership than simply genius. Uh, lone genius enough is not realistic. Uh, we talked about it in a prior podcast, the uh, inventor in the garage coming up with a, just an incredible new uh, breakthrough. Uh, that's a myth, and, and he really debunks, um, or Crystal and his co-authors debunk a, a lone genius as a, as a myth uh, as well, or at least uh, the breakthroughs they made. And uh, that was obviously focused on Einstein. With Bernstein... Uh, I thought this part was very interesting because I think most anyone who knows of Leonard Bernstein will know of his public persona, uh, that he really was one of the most flamboyant personalities of the 20th century and uh, in a wide variety of areas, music, politics, education, um, just a wide variety. But uh, Bernstein uh, needed solitude and he needed to step away from the limelight. He needed to step away from... Uh, the adulation of everyone to um, to really uh, create. And he, in his own mind, struggled with, and, and others have commented on uh, his decision to conduct versus compose. And he could really not compose in the public eye, although West Side Story obviously was uh, with collaborators um, and very close work with collaborators, uh, but some of his later work, after he stepped down as principal conductor of uh, the New York Symphony, were uh, his, um, I think, uh, Messiah and one other um, work of uh, uh, Jewish musical themes, uh, really spoke to um, uh, of a more solitary process, and he needed that. Um, they both made uh, genius accessible. And I thought that was a really interesting observation. Or, uh, I think one of the first paragraphs in the Einstein section, he said that uh, people didn't know him, but people loved him. Yeah. Uh, or people didn't understand him, but they loved him. And, and he was dead before you and I became really conscious. I don't know if he died before we were born. But uh, uh, really, when I think about his time at Princeton and the stories I hear about that, it's, uh, you know, the mad genius uh, either at the chalkboard uh, of 10 feet high or with a violin uh, yeah. in, a, in uh, tux and tails. Uh, so he was, he was accessible in a flowing mane of hair. Uh, Bernstein, obviously accessible, but also Bernstein did a series of television shows that actually influenced me in the early 60s uh, about symphony and music for children. And so he uh, was an educator, and he could teach literally children under the age of 10 about music and did an entire season of that for CBS. So um, they were able to make their genius accessible. And then I would also say that um, the stories of uh, uh, Bernstein that he literally... uh, arrived on the stage when the principal conductor of the New York Symphony got sick one night and kind of out of nowhere came 25-year-old Lenny Bernstein. And um, that was not really the story either. His genius was recognized literally when he was 21 by people like Aaron Copeland. Um, And um, uh, they promoted him. And they didn't just promote him 
they took him under their wings and uh, helped guide him and teach him and shape him so that he had mentors just as Einstein had collaborators. Uh, All of that led to the concluding section of this chapter where they talked about, or McChrystal and his authors talked about, yes, uh, you can uh, be a genius, but you have to have a type of genius that's not only accessible, or accessible, I should say, but also that will incorporate the ideas and thoughts of others. And maybe that goes back to the point, if there's in one point we have emphasized in this podcast series, it's listening. Um, but it's synthesizing the information of others. And you may be able to do it faster, and you may be able to do it better, you may be able to do it in a way that your uh, uh, co-workers or the people that work for you cannot do it, but you listen to them, and it makes them feel like they are a part of your genius. The paragraph you referred to um, really, I thought, went two directions, although, as I recall, it was a four-sentence paragraph. Uh, it was, and it was that geniuses are, do not make, uh, are often not made leaders. Part of it is because they're perceived to be loners, but part of it may be that they really don't have that accessibility that these two gentlemen had. And that may be uh, the distinction which makes a... Uh, uh, differentiates rather a genius from uh, a leader. Yeah, the um, I mean, he, he does say that by its very nature, genius is inaccessible, and it has to be made accessible to become popularly relevant. And I think that's one reason that a lot of the stories about Einstein are in fact myths. Um, but they they're trying to humanize him uh, that he you know failed math or whatever. Right. Whatever stories they make up to try and make him more human. A number of years ago, there was a book, uh, Einstein's Clocks and Poincaré's Maps, um, discussing the genesis of the, the theory of special relativity and how there was there were a lot of people sort of fumbling around the same area at the same time. Right. And, um, and he, he did... He, he was able to coalesce it into one coherent uh, theory before anyone else, uh, and that was his genius. But, uh, but there, as you said, he, he did collaborate with others, but they, there were also people he did not collaborate with, he was competing with, um, who, were, who were working very much in the same field. So he really didn't just come out of nowhere. He came out of a, a milieu of, of very similar thoughts, but uh, was just able to uh, make them coherent. Um, I don't know what else to say. We don't, no. <laughs> no, I think you know, I'm, I'm not sure becoming a genius is the solution to becoming a better leader. Um, no, but if, if you do have that ability, if you do have a special ability, if you can take uh, facts or, or, or uh, other people's ideas and synthesize those down in a way that, that almost seems like magic, if, even if you and I understand it's not magic, um, that could be a great trait for a leader if you can harness the accessibility and listening with others. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Well, until next time, this is Richard Lomas and Tom Fox with 12 O'Clock High. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of 12 O'Clock High, a podcast on business leadership. I hope you'll join Richard Lomas and myself again where we take a look at another set of leaders from the recent book by General Stanley McChrystal and his co-authors and take a consideration of how they can help you in your leadership 
for business going forward. 12 O'Clock High, a podcast on business leadership, is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.